Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our guest today is Nathan Meisen, the co-founder and CEO of Diplomat Consulting, talking about how a shakeup in the Prime Minister's cabinet may affect the cannabis sector. Nathan Meisen, you are the founder of Diplomat. Does that sound right? I'm the co-founder with Lisa Holmes. Yeah, absolutely, yes. sir. Okay. Uh, and, and we've known you for some time. You have a deep background uh, in, let's say, public affairs, but also you uh, cut your teeth in the cannabis space at Fire and Flower. So uh, you come to it uh, and serving in all these things, which you'll tell us, like these working councils and boards and uh, have a great view of what's happening uh, you're based in Alberta, but have a great uh, idea of what's happening in Ottawa. That's why we're talking to you today, just so you know. All right. Well, we're excited <laughs> to talk about it. The cabinet shuffle that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago actually has some significant impacts on the cannabis sector. So happy to share some of the the, the changes and what that'll mean to us. Well, that's what I want to hear because you uh, posted on your website uh, a bunch about uh, that. And I wanted to get a deeper dive from you direct from your mouth as opposed to reading it because sometimes I'm like an eight-year-old. Um, and I'd rather have you tell me what's going on than to, to read it myself. But but tell us because there, there was a cabinet shakeup in January, right? And and what are the impacts from your perspective uh, on the cannabis industry? Yeah. So um, the precursor to the reason that this happens was um, Minister Navdeep Bains, uh, one of the more popular, prominent ministers in cabinet, um, has decided that he's not running for re-election. Um, that of course left and created a hole in the fact that they were originally the liberals were planning for a, a spring election period. Um, I think that might be a little bit delayed right now just because of the rollout of uh, the vaccine. So we might wait, wait. see- there's a rollout of the vaccine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's exactly the reason why they might uh, they might slow down the, the spring election. They were feeling very high in the polls. Um, so, you know, um, Prime Minister Trudeau spoke last week about the the fact that you know they're expecting 20 million doses uh, to start coming in very quickly and 8 million doses by March. So you know as that number starts to increase, the possibility of an early election cycle to uh, speed up is something that we're people are should be keeping in mind because we still need to remember that we are in a minority government. So at any time, if the primarily the NDP and the Bloc choose not to support the Liberals, the the government could fall. Um, and of course, we do have an upcoming budget cycle, which will uh, be a key part of that. So if there is a vote of non-confidence, uh, the government uh, could fall. And um, Prime Minister Trudeau wanted to make sure that he set up uh, the cabinet with the right kind of people in place to push that message and that narrative in advance of an election cycle and work on some of the big issues. Um, so when Minister Bain stepped back out of innovation and decided uh, it percept or uh, created an opportunity for a cabinet shuffle. And there's some big issues uh, that, as we know, Canadians have to deal with, um, such as an election in the States that has some huge ramifications. Uh, we have two Canadians that are still um, uh, jailed in China that has to be dealt with. Uh, we have to talk about a COVID economic recovery and there's still Western alienation. So, you know, those uh, issues were some of the reasons that we saw some of the changes to um, the cabinet that we did. And, and talk a little bit about it because we, I, I know we've talked about it privately if we haven't talked about it on Business of mm -hmm. Cannabis that, you know, so much of what happens in cannabis is right in Health Canada, 
right? But to make this an industry that uh, can that that allows innovation, for example, in the yep. Canadian front, but also that we become uh, or lean into a global lead that we ever if we ever had it. Uh, like, does the cabinet shift signal that? Do you think there's an appetite for that? Meaning like, are we just gonna stop looking at this as like something we need to be sort of quiet about? Or is there a way to sort of step into this as, as something we could lead on? So that's a profound question. So a couple of, a couple Nobody's of- Nobody's ever said I had a profound question, so thank yeah. you. Um, so I, I am lucky enough to be the, uh, the co-chair of the National Cannabis Working Group of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. And we are in the year of the Cannabis Act review, which is at the three-year anniversary, October 17th of 2021. So the sector has been trying to add the economics and the opportunities to add that. But I think one of the things that has really come to conclusion is um, during COVID, the Canadian cannabis sector has grown exponentially. Like we've seen more stores open, we've seen economic impact open, you know, the Canadian cannabis sector is now approaching economic contribution almost in the same dollar for dollar as the entire automotive industry as in Canada. And we haven't heard any parallels, any conversation. If we could get 10% of the love of the automotive industry, I think the Canadian, uh, the Canadian cannabis sector would be thrilled. And I think one of the things for that is, is the bureaucracy, the politicians and the influencers still are holding on more than the citizenry are. I think we've seen a circumstance where the citizenry has moved on. When your fastest rate of our consumers, the fastest growing population of consumers is seniors, it shows that there is appetite in society to change the narrative, but we haven't seen that in the political discourse. So what we're hoping is that this refresh in cabinet can start to add that to, um, to that conversation, because in the year of an election, this is a policy platform that the liberals can hang their hat on because two years ago, recreational adult use cannabis didn't exist. And now it's contributing $15.5 billion to the Canadian economy. And the liberals could literally put their hands up and said, we did this. So how do we make sure that we're continuing to push? And I think with a refresh of the ministers that we have, I think there is some opportunity for uh, us to add that in um, primarily foreign affairs, innovation, transportation, and uh, the special advisor for the West. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and especially if it comes into a clearer refrain maybe in that this, uh, there's conversations happening in Washington now too about how do we legalize, uh, how do we allow for states to do what they want? How do we you know, federally legalize this? Is it a medical program? Like the states is gonna trip over this for the next year or more, but it will be, uh, there will be a lens like, you know, Canada actually, it, it won't take long for someone to say, you know what? Our neighbor actually did this. They're seeing economic benefit as opposed to economic doom. There's no sort of public health crisis happening. Why cats can't aren't marrying dogs, dogs aren't marrying cats, right? right it's right. not it's, end of days out there. No, in so, fact, I mean, I, 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 you know, to make the case that this has been a, the, the sort of strongest form of retail right now is mm -hmm. cannabis, certainly in Ontario and certainly in downtown Toronto, is that the only places that are opening up are cannabis retail. Everything else is sort of stagnant or falling, you know, unfortunately because of COVID, but, but really it has become a boon to neighborhoods. And I think when things come back and spring happens, I think we'll see a lot of street, street traffic drawn to streets specific for the cannabis stores. Yeah, I think that that is a, an incredible point. And I think that's one of the reasons why the the, the chamber network and, and 
putting it together with the Canadian Chamber, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, because it isn't just cultivators and retailers who are, who are actually seeing the benefit here. You know, when we look at economic contributions, um, we're seeing about $15 billion of economic contribution to the Canadian economy from cannabis. Well, on high iron, three and a half billion dollars of that is retail and cultivation. So, you know, that's $11.5 billion that's construction, that's licensing, that's lawyers, that's accountants, that's packaging, that's research, that's so on and so forth. So you're, I think your point is an incredibly salient one that we really need to talk about more is that, you know, do we expect to see more cannabis retailers? Because the estimate is in the next 18 to 24 months that we'll see 1,500 to 2,000 retailers open or traditional retailers close. And if the answer is A, then maybe we should be putting some attention to that because, you know, if, if we take our current environment and we multiply it by two again, is that a $30 billion economic market? And then those ancillary businesses are making 23 billion? Like now you're starting to see economic contribution of the size of wine, right? Or, and and that's, there's entire economies and regions that are based around that. So why can't we see the same vein? And, and how do we crack that nut where the political class will start to give it the attention it's due? And I think the Americans is a big part of it. Um, but I think you raised another a quick point that I wanted to point out is, you know, got to love confederation in Canada in the fact that we've done 10 different provincial models and three different territorial models. So if somebody's trying to figure out how to do federalization with states or different provinces, you can look up to Canada and be like, I'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of this and some of that. But the, the interesting thing is we haven't done that. We haven't done a best practice review of what province does it best, how can we learn, what's the best rate, all while or increasing public health. We're now seeing incredible uh, studies that cannabis legalization has seen a decrease in opioid use. Um, we've seen economic opportunities. Um, you're seeing in you're seeing displacement of the illicit market. These were the reasons that we did cannabis legalization, but yet no body or it's very difficult to have a political uh the political class and politicians talk about it and i think that's something where in the year of the cannabis review with americans doing legalization there might be that opportunity for us to add that to the conversation and that's why it's so exciting about the cabinet shuffle because it's new people with new faces with new voices that we can hopefully take on that cause well Nathan Meisen, I hope you'll come back to talk about these changes as they happen. And also, like we're talking about what we know as the industry now, but I would love to have you back to talk about aspirationally what it could be tourism, food, you know, beverage, all those things just seem like they're they could be on our fingertips with some very simple changes, which would have huge economic benefit, but also would really get back to what the consumer wants and which is what we ought to what we think about a lot here at Business of Cannabis because like doing that does all the policy goals and achieves all the policy goals, which we've talked about as well. So I hope you'll come back. I, I would love to come back. Can I add one quick thing as one of the most fascinating things that um, at a provincial level that could have federal ramifications. So Quebec has had a, an interesting relationship with cannabis legalization. Um, our new minister of innovation, who also controls economic diversification, uh, Francois-Philippe uh, Champagne is from Quebec. He's a minister with a lot of interest in growing his portfolio and helping lead this very important uh, ministry during a COVID recovery. And how can we create that differentiation? 
in Quebec this year, the SDQ, uh, which is the organization that runs uh, or cannabis in Quebec, made more money than its investment arm. And this is a crown corp investment company that Quebec has had set up for a long time. It's cannabis made more than investment. That shows that there is that economic opportunity in his own home province. And maybe that starts to change it when he's looking at re-election, that it's okay to embrace it because if it's okay at home where it has been a little dense, maybe we can talk about it in the rest of the country and abroad as well. So uh, movements are coming and, and can't wait to talk to you about where they go. I love the movements. I love it a lot. I can't wait to talk to you about it too because I think we're on the cusp of something and hopefully we are, but certainly with your leadership, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a strong voice there. So Nathan Meisen, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Jay Rosenthal. Always a pleasure. <laughs>